have your Bibles, open them with me to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 2. 2 Kings, chapter 2. This is what it says. Verse 23. Then he, speaking of Elisha, went up there to Bethel. And as he was going up the road, some youth came from the city. Everybody say some youth, some young people. Turn to somebody and say, that's us. Came from the city and mocked him, who? The old prophet, Elisha. And they said to him, go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. And he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse. He didn't cuss them out. It didn't say he cussed them. It said he cursed them, meaning in this text, I looked it up the other day and one translation said he turned them over to the Lord. He cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youth. That's what I'm going to preach on. I'm not preaching on the three bears. I'm preaching on the two she-bears. Notice the Bible said they were she-bears. You know why? Because she-bears are meaner than he-bears. Especially when you mess with their cubs. Y'all know your mama will kill somebody if they mess with you. I want to talk to you about this strange text in the Bible. It, it, it seems brutal. It seems vicious. Forty-two young people splattered and torn to pieces by two bears because they were mocking and attacking and belittling not just the messenger but the message going to Bethel going with the word of the Lord they were part of the place that he was going to but they had lost something in the house of the Lord a reverence for God some time ago it's hard to even find it in print but you can. A man wrote a book by the name of Frank DeFresne. He's the former director of the Alaska Game Commission. A forest ranger. He lived his whole life, most of his adult life, in the forest with grizzly bears on an island. He studied them for decades, and he wrote a book called No Room for Bears. He points out that there's a huge difference between grizzly bears or what is called brown bears and black bears. Black bears are what we have in Georgia and Florida and the East Coast for the most part all the way up. Black bears are much smaller. The biggest they'll get, maybe a large male, five, six hundred pounds. 
But a grizzly bear is totally different from a black bear. They're only on the other side of the Mississippi and mostly on the West Coast now. They, are, they become much bigger. They're huge, huge animals. Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, commissioned two men, Lewis and Clark, to forge a trail from the Mississippi River. Remember, all more than half of America was a vast wilderness. Nobody lived there. And Thomas Jefferson commissioned these two frontiersmen, Lewis and Clark, and they took an expedition to go past the Mississippi River all the way to the ocean on the West Coast. They encountered things that we can't even imagine. They had to live by finding their food, killing their food, forging a path, making a trail, dealing with all kinds of hostilities. And they tell in one of the stories of bringing back a bright brown bear hide that they had shot a massive bear that would have weighed over 1,100 pounds, stood over 10 feet tall. And you got to remember, back then, they had never seen anything but black bears, and when they saw the size of a grizzly bear, double the size of any bear, they could not believe it. And it became really something across the nation at that time because that hide was proof of what they saw. They said they shot it nine times with 50 caliber guns as it charged them. And even though these amazing marksmen, you're not talking about just good shooters. One of the men that was on this expedition, his name was, was Francis Juilliard, and he was known as the best rifle shooter in the world at that time. They lived with their weapons. They slept with their weapons. They, they hunted and ate with their weapons. They had to use a gun, and if they missed the shot, they, they could starve to death. They were extremely accurate, and they shot this charging grizzly bear nine times, and even though they shot it in the heart several times, it still had enough force and strength and power to charge, and according to this story, charge two of the men, and they dove off of a cliff and into a river because they thought that that grizzly was going to kill them, but it fell dead. What they didn't know was that a grizzly bear's heart beats 14 times, only 14 times, to 16 times a minute. Your heart beats about 70 times a minute, but a grizzly bear's heart beats only about 14 times a minute, which means that even if you shoot him as he's charging you, he still has plenty of time. If you hit him in the heart before he dies, he has plenty of time to take your head off and rip your chest open and tear you to pieces. It's really something. 1,300-pound grizzlies. I've been bear hunting. I'm, I'm, I've been with my son who's here tonight. 
And we, I, I watched him sit up in a tree with a bow and shoot a bear one time. That was interesting. We radioed our guide who had dropped us off in the forest and said, come and get us. He said, now I'm coming, but don't shoot me when I come in. We said, don't growl, and we won't. But it's terrifying. It's terrifying out there. You can, you can feel it. You can sense it when, when one is around. This man who wrote this book was at a place, an island in Alaska that's famous. It has all the time more than 1,600 grizzly bears on it. Trophy bears, the largest bears in the world live on this island, and he studied them for decades. He said that he tells in the book one story about how that there was a call that there was a problem with a very aggressive bear. I'm going somewhere, so just let me do what I want to do right here. So they got a call that there was a very aggressive bear on the island, and Every time bears outnumber people there, uh, 30 to 1. For every person on the island, there's 30 grizzly bears. And this particular bear they were afraid was responsible for taking human life. So they, this ranger gets an assistant that he's training. The trainee's name was Jose. And they go into this island, and they said when they got into the island that there was an area of the stream where there were about 15 bears that hung out, and that's where they were told this extremely aggressive grizzly would be in that area. And he said as soon as they got into that area, they got the most creepiest feeling. And the experienced forest ranger, only one of them had a rifle, I must add. And that was the experienced forest ranger. The trainee was not allowed to bring a rifle. And the experienced ranger turns and he says, I think he's close. The young man starts looking around and suddenly he sees through the branches the piercing red eyes of a massive grizzly bear. And all that he said he could see was his lips snarled up and his brown teeth. And when he touched the forest ranger and got his attention to look, the forest ranger hit his safety on his gun and just uh, loaded the shell. And the second he did, that bear that was 20 yards away started charging. The forest ranger shot that bear and hit it and tried to rechamber. But before he could do it, in less than one and a half seconds, that bear covered 20 yards and was on top of that forest ranger. Jose, the trainee, was knocked back into a thorny uh, area and rolled down a hill and it through a stream and, and finally just climbed up a tree and waited. And he had to hear the horror of the man who was supposed to train him how to deal with and recognize and and, and be aware of grizzly bears and get along with them. And he said he listened to that bear as it ripped and tore that man to pieces and he was helpless without a gun to do anything about it. He said, I listened to the man who was supposed to train me 
be murdered by a grizzly bear. A few months later, he decided to go back. He felt like he needed to finish what that bear started, and he said that they went back in. That one man went back in about a year later after he had trained, and he said he got in a tree, and he did things to kill his scent so the bear wouldn't have the advantage of knowing where he was, and he got set and in camouflage. And he said within a few minutes after he got set, he said suddenly he felt that creepy feeling and here comes that bear, that massive bear coming through that forest, popping his jaws because that's what they do when they're really ticked and they think somebody's on their turf. Popping his jaws angry and mad. He said the moment that I, that I chambered the bullet, he turned and started charging and was almost on him and he shot and it severed the spine of that massive, massive grizzly and it fell dead. And when they checked him, he had one place where he had been wounded where the other ranger that had been killed had shot him. And here's why I told you all of that because I think it's important. They have determined, scientists, bear people who study these animals, especially grizzly bears, they have determined that all bears are not looking for a fight. All bears are not angry and killers and vicious and aggressive. They, they will if they have to, but most of the time, even grizzly bears, they're not necessarily looking to kill somebody. And this is what the man determined after doing extensive studies, and this is well documented. He said only one out of 25 grizzly bears will stalk you and kill you and track you and aggressively try to kill you on purpose. They call it the 25th grizzly. And this is what it says if you look up the 25th grizzly. It is a scientific and studied phenomenon that one out of 25 grizzlies are not looking for a peace treaty under any conditions. Here's the actual definition of the 25th grizzly. One that tolerates no man or bear. One that will kill without bias. Only one out of 25 really will not back down. Most of the time, if, you, if you're out in the forest and they hear you, they'll take off. Or maybe you have to say, hey, bear, hey, bear, and they'll take off. That's why they tell you if you're walking through the forest where there are bears, don't surprise them, speak up and say something, and usually they'll just run off. But one out of 25 grizzlies, they say what you ought to do if you see a bear is, is uh, you know, make yourself as big as you can and... Uh, Get loud if you have to, and hey, bear. And usually they'll take off. But if you do that, 
to the 25th bear. See, the problem is you don't know which number you're dealing with. They don't wear numbered football jerseys. They don't go through the, I'm number 12, you don't have to worry about me. I'm number one, you don't have to worry about me. Oh, you got a bunch more, I'm number 18. You can do it all you wanna do it and come in this area and do anything you wanna do and I won't mess with you. But they're not numbered. You never know when you're coming up on bear number 25. And if it's number 25, and you say, hey, bear, and you're standing there trying to look big and bad, he'll say, challenge accepted. I'm going to tear you to pieces. I don't uh, speak Latin, but let me give you the scientific name for the grizzly bear. This is the Latin name and scientific name. It's called Eurysis Artosis Horribilla. I'm not making this up. Now, I don't understand Latin. I don't understand the first two words, but I do get the last word, horribilla. I can translate that. It means horrible bear. It means this thing is horrible. It is able to bring horror to your life like you cannot even imagine. It's a horribilla. It's a horrible bear. It's got claws. It's got teeth. It's mighty. It's 1,100 pounds. It's 10 feet tall. And it is not afraid. And it is not going to back up. If you come on its territory, it's going to be horrible. What are you talking about, preacher? I came tonight with such a simple message that if you keep, Sharice and I, during the pandemic, we watched a, a thing on Netflix about a guy named Timothy Treadwell. He went 13 summers to Alaska. And he would stay out all summer long for three months in the bush country in Alaska on this island. He would even put his tent on their trails. What happened is he started letting his guard down. He used to take bear spray. He used to put an electric fence around his tent, you know, out of respect. But he got more and more comfortable. And we sat there watching this thing on Netflix. And we watched it, and I watched the guy, and it was the crazy. I'm talking about massive bears. He would walk up to the creek, and a massive bear would be as close as these drums right here. And he had studied them, and he knew them, and he had been out there 13 years. And, 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 and so, so he would get more and more comfortable. He'd get more and more comfortable. He would pose and do Instagram shots and, and, and have the, and the crate and that bear just be like, he, he let his guard down. He, he, he took his bear spray and put it in his pack and packed it up and couldn't even get to it if he needed it. He took his little electric fence down. He even brought his girlfriend out there. And the last summer, he brought his girl. Like, like we're on a vacation. And these bears, he, he called them. He said, they're my friends. 
I want to show the world they're my friends. I've come to preach to you tonight. What happened is he just kept letting his guard down and letting his guard down. It's one of the most horrible things you could ever hear, but he actually had the camera audio on when that 125th grizzly bear came into his area and he saw it months before and he named it Demon. He said, I see something different in his eyes and I want to stay away from him. I don't want to get around that one. But even demon, he said, I believe I can get along with. I'm not making this up. You can check this story out. And he said, demon looks like he would fit the description of the 25th Grizzly I can tell by his body language. I can tell by the way he does. I can tell by the, how aggressive he is. I'm preaching to you tonight because I love you. And I believe God sent you to this conference. And what I'm saying to you is simply this. Be careful. Be careful what you let in your life and what you think is your friend. Sin is the grizzly bear. Sin is not your friend. Sin is not going to do you any good. Sin. I don't know what bears you're messing with. Music may be your bear. Something is in, I love all kinds of music. I love music. I love all kinds of music. But when you begin to listen to music that just fills your mind with pornographic lines that are filthy and they kill your spirit and they're, they're, they're vulgar, that seems so innocent, but you might not know. And you might be okay the first time, the third time, the seventh time, the 18th time, but you keep feeding it and you keep feeding it and you keep feeding the flesh and you keep playing with it and you keep acting like it's your friend and acting like you can live and listen to anything and it won't bother you because you're saved and you love Jesus. But what you put before Satan gets you in the bed, he has to get in your head. Before he gets you between the sheets, he has to get between your ears, and it does matter what you listen to. That's why Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Oh, that could never happen to me. What, as a man thinks, so is he. I guess what I'm preaching to you tonight is there's just some places I've learned that I can't go. There's just some people that I just can't flirt with. I just can't mess with. They cannot hang out with me and I cannot hang out with them because if I do, it might turn into the 25th grizzly that destroys my life and my ministry and my calling and my purpose. There's some things that at all, I'm turning 60 in a few weeks and I thought that I wouldn't be tempted anymore when I'm 60, 
but I've learned that there are some things I cannot touch. For me, I cannot touch alcohol. If I touch alcohol, it will become the grizzly that destroys this preacher. And so I have made up my mind, nothing is worth what I have in Christ. And I'm not going and getting more and more. See, see, let, let me preach, let me preach. You don't know which shot. At what point do you move from a heavy drinker to an alcoholic? At what point do you move? If you keep getting in your car drunk, you're going to get a DUI. You're going to end up in jail. You're going to end up in trouble. You're going to end up in somebody's bed and you don't even know how you got there. It's a grizzly and it's going to rip you to pieces if you let it control your life. And if you can't clap, just say, well, at least he's preaching the truth tonight. The Bible said that alcohol can destroy your life. In the end, it bites like a serpent, stings like an adder. Your bear may be the occult. You're just playing with it. King Saul, see, it's one thing, Lord, help me tonight. It's one thing when you don't know anything about God, when you don't know anything about holiness, when you don't know anything about living right, when you don't know anything about how you shouldn't be sleeping with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, it's one thing you don't know that. You weren't raised like that. That's one thing. But King Saul had been anointed. King Saul had been turned into another man. He had gotten somewhere along with God and they had poured oil on him and he had become anointed and mighty and knew the power of the Holy Spirit. But in a day of desperation, when God wouldn't speak to him, he went to a witch. This is in 1 Samuel 27, the witch of Endor. He went in a cave and he said, let's have a seance. He didn't know he had just entered into the sanctuary of Satan. You don't know when you walk into a party what you're walking into. You don't know what's out in that forest. You don't know. You know you don't have any. You get that creepy feeling. Come on. You get that creepy. The Holy Spirit in you says, oh, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. I thought you got touched at forward. I thought you put it all on the altar at forward. What are you doing here? You get that creepy feeling. And Saul said, I want to talk with the dead. I want you to pull up somebody dead. I want to commune with the dead. Some of you don't understand it's not an innocent thing to play with tarot cards and crystal balls and witchcraft. And it's dangerous and burning black candles. And Play. Oh, it's just a game. We're just having fun. It's, it's just a bear. It's just a grizzly. We're just, it's just entertainment. We're just, we're just we're going to a fortune teller. It's no big deal. It's a big deal to God. It ought to be a big deal to us. I'm not here to preach bad news. I'm here to preach good news. But before we get to the good news, we have to deal with some bears in our lives. 
alcoholism. I tell you, one of the grizzlies in this day is just taking a pill. One out of 25, fentanyl killed 100,000 young people. You're the number one killer of 18 to 25-year-olds in America is peels laced with fentanyl. And you're not a drug addict. You're not, you, you just go to a party. Somebody gives you a peel. You take it, and people are dying by the tens thousands I tell you it's horrible what sin can do to somebody's life it's full of potential there's some places and some people and some things you just can't touch one unguarded moment Samson kept going to Delilah and at first, he, he held the secrets back. At first, he didn't tell her. And she would get him to lay his head in her lap. And he had the long hair. And she would run her fingers through his hair. And she would say, tell me the secret to your power. And at first, he wouldn't do it. And the thing about that story that drives me crazy is how could he keep laying his head down after the first time he should have got his wake-up call? When, 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 when he told her, he said, you know, if you do this or you do that, then, then I'll lose my power. And, the, and she told the Philistines while he was sleeping. And when he woke up, the Philistines come, come running in and they try to bind him up with cords and it didn't work and he broke the cords and he slew them. He should have known then, this situation right here is not my friend. But he kept going back and laying down and doing it again and doing it again and doing it again. And finally, the 25th bear showed up. You can't just keep doing things that you know are not right. Finally, Samson laid down and she said, tell me the secret. And by then, he's like that man. And can I tell you what happened to Timothy Treadwell? You can hear the audio of not only him being eaten alive, but then his girlfriend was attacked and eaten alive. And my point to you is not just to tell you horrible stories, but I have lived long enough. I have had that bear come into my home, into my family, and try its best to kill, steal, and destroy on levels that I cannot even speak of. And I told God if I ever got to preach at Forward Conference again, I was going to make hell pay. It's not going to happen to you. 
and it's not going to happen to you, and it's not going to happen to you, and you, we're not going to drop you off in a drug rehab. We're not going to do that to you. You're not going to do it. You're going to say my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're going to say I've got a purpose greater than anything this world can offer me. Come on, somebody, somebody reach out to God. Somebody who's fighting with a bear. Somebody who's really got a problem and you can't, you can't just cover it up. You need help. You know what I read? I mean, you keep doing it. It's just a matter of time. 25 is going to show up, but I've been doing it so long. It's just, it doesn't hurt. It's okay. It's, I'm used to it. You can't keep doing things that are blatantly wrong and it'd be okay. Repent means to turn completely in the opposite direction and get as far out of there as you can get. You know what I read? They said there's three things you ought to do if a grizzly's coming after you or you come up on one on a trail. Number one, they said, uh, basically, group up. Get in a group. If there's, if there's any other people out there and they're walking up the trail, all of y'all need to get together. And I thought, my goodness. Because you look real vulnerable when you're isolated all by yourself. But we're in a big old group here and Satan is trembling. We're not trembling at the grizzly called demon. But greater is he that is in us. And if you're weak, I'm going to reach up and pick you up. And when I'm weak, you can reach up and pick me up. You know what else they said? They said... Get in a group. If, if there's anybody that can, that can help you, if there's anybody you can link up with, if there's anybody that you, can, that you can say, hey, I'm really struggling. This bear, he's coming down my trail, and I want him to see I'm not alone because if any two of you will agree, something can change tonight. Do you know what else they said? They said, make a lot of noise. It's more than noise when you praise the Lord because his blood has made you righteous. His blood has taken the shame and the guilt. His blood has redeemed you. He hung on that cross. That bear got tore him up on that cross. It ripped his back. It tore his face off. He had scars all over his body. He took the attack of the grizzly of sin. He conquered the 25th grizzly that wants to destroy your destiny. He already defeated it. So make some noise and say, Jesus, Jesus, you are my refuge. Jesus, you are my hiding place. And lastly, I promise you this is the truth. The difference between a smaller black bear 
and a massive grizzly bear is if you climb up a tree and a black bear is after you, they can climb better than you can. A black bear will go right up, I know, because I've seen them do it, and they'll be right on you. But a grizzly is so big and heavy, they cannot climb trees. Never will you see a grizzly climb a tree. Brown bears can't climb. And I thought, well, get in a good group. Make some noise and climb up higher. Get up on your feet, get up higher, get up higher. We're not a bunch of defeated people. We're not afraid of the bear. We're not afraid of anything in our culture or society because the blood of Jesus makes us overcomers. Now lift up your voice and begin to say, God, I'm bringing that bear to you tonight. I wonder. I wonder who I'm preaching to tonight. I want us to do something. I want every young person in this room tonight who would say, Pastor Jensen, I got an altar. I mean, I got a bear and I got to get him to the altar. I, 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 need, I need some help. I, I need to go up higher. I, I, need, I need to confess Jesus in this situation. I need, I can't get out of bear country. I want to be free tonight. And if you know I'm preaching to you, I don't believe I'm preaching this by accident. This is someone's warning tonight. It's the love of God that it can end tonight. The pain, the disaster, the bondage, the addiction, the fear, the suicide, it can end tonight. The depression, the hopelessness, How many of you would say you're preaching to me? I've got a bear in my life, Pastor Franklin. Let me see your hand. Raise it high. There's no shame in it. There's victory in it. Raise that hand. There are pastors and youth pastors and church leaders and youth leaders. Keep your hand up. And young people who have friends all around you. I want you to group up together tonight. I want you to turn and I want you to find somebody you can lay your hands on that has their hands raised and let them know you are not alone on the trail. I'm here and we're here and we will not let you go. 
I want us to turn. See, we can't bring people down here, but you know what? God will come up there if any two of you will get in a group together and say, I'm standing with you. I'm standing with you. And together, we're going to make some noise and we're going to call on God and we're going to climb up higher. So right now, just reach over. If somebody has their hand raised, if you, I want to be very specific. Just look at me just one more time. If you're in this room and you would say, I have a grizzly in my life that all while you were preaching, the Holy Spirit was screaming inside of me, this is you. Raise your hand high if that's you. Get it up, get it up, get it up. All over this room, all over this room, all over this room. Now, I want those of you around them to surround them. You, you help them. You reach out to them. You've heard all these sermons all day on being used of God. Well, here it is. Be used of God. And youth pastors right here, take this moment as they sing and let the presence of God begin to flow through your group. And I believe God is going to take your whole youth group up higher out of the reach of that monster that's coming to destroy. Receive it right now. Everybody pray this prayer. Jesus, wash me. Jesus, free me. Jesus, I bring this bear, this 25th bear, I bring it to the altar. And I know you conquered it by what you took on the cross. You took the torturing. You took the scars. You took the wounds. And I receive absolute freedom, absolute forgiveness, cleansing. And I want the power of the Holy Spirit tonight to fill me. Now lift up your hands all over this room and open up your mouth and begin to talk to God and make some noise like you believe that God can do it. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.